absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. We got a special returning guest today. We've got Miss Haley Moore, LPGA Tour rookie. Haley, how's everything going? Doing good. How about you? <laughs> uh, I, I've been better. Um, the weather is starting to break here. I know you are like perpetually in good weather, and I'm just waiting for this whole entire virus thing to die down until life gets back to normal. Yeah, it's crazy what's been going on. <laughs> so I would love to start, because it's been almost a year. It's been about 11 months or so since we talked on the pod. And you have had just, I mean, I would assume just an, a life-changing, altering year since you graduated from uh, U of A. Can you kind of give us a little bit of rundown from, let's say, end of senior year golf season up until present day? Yeah, so basically, um, right after we were done with na- um, nationals in May, I pretty much, I had graduation before that took place. So I had my degree and everything, and basically right when I was done, I pretty much went home, and I had announced in June that I was going to basically start my pro career off, and I would have to start at stage one of Q school and make my way through three stages to get all the way of my true goal of getting my LPGA tour card. And so basically I knew um, there was this mini tour event, this mini tour series called the Cactus Tour. He's pretty much based here in Phoenix, um, but he also goes to Vegas for events and then he goes to California. And so he had a lot of, he had some events in the summer just right before Q school that we could play a couple in Vegas, and then he actually had one at the three courses where stage one was going to be, so it was pretty much a good warm-up, and that was his biggest field ever in Cactus Tour history. I think he had, like, over 100 girls or something. It was pretty big, so, and it was a good warm-up, and then pretty much right around the middle of August was when Q school was and stage one it's in Palm Desert so of course it's brutally hot <laughs> not sure why they would go there in August but it was okay <laughs> um I pretty much I got through pretty well I had three good rounds I struggled one round but I was able to make it up and then it was enough the top one hun- top I can't remember how many advanced out of stage one, but I was pretty, I was high up there. So I knew I had advanced um, to stage two, which was going to be later in October down in Florida. And that one is the toughest one to get out of as there's like basic, there's about 90 girls and only 30 and ties get to go to final stage. So it's, and you have a lot of girls from Symmetra tour who go there as well. So they're, already they already have more experience than I do so I was playing pretty good and I actually um I had my dad caddy for me at stage one and but then I moved to my caddy who I had at the Augusta National event we pretty much we met there and he was really great he we worked really well together and he's gonna be 
whenever we start up in the LPGA, he is going to be caddying for me most of the events. So I'm looking forward can you, to can you Can, can you, you talk a little bit about uh, the Augusta National Women's Amateur? Because, you know, obviously, amateur tournament, so you played in the first one ever, uh, you know, being a full-time member of the LPGA Tour, ineligible anymore. How amazing and, and how special was that to be part of the first ever Augusta National Women's Amateur? It was pretty special. When the chairman had announced this tournament was going to be happening two years ago, right before the match was starting, I had heard about the details and basically how he was saying the top 70 girls ranked in the world based off your amateur golf ranking get invited. And then they, they basically take 30, the top 30 from the U.S., top 30 international, and the rest are kind of like sponsors invites or like special invites. And so at that point, I was kind of counting down the list of the amateurs for the, Amer for the Americans. And I was right in there. So I was like, if I can have a steady couple of months before January 1st of 2019 comes, because that's when they hand out the invites, then I knew that I would be able to play. And when I got the invitation in the mail, it was pretty cool because it's based, it's just like how the pros receive their master's invites. It's in the nice handwriting and just a nice envelope. And it was just pretty cool. And then once I got there, it was just a once in a lifetime. I mean, we were pretty spoiled. And I mean, one night we got to actually go to a, like Augusta and have dinner with the chairman in the big room where they always have the champions dinner. And then we got to, so then we could see some of the course and then we got to go down to the big pro shop and buy whatever we wanted to. So okay, so cool. so how how much did you drop in the uh, in the merch building there? Well, we um so we actually as part of the event we were able to get one free polo. Oh no, actually two like golf polos, one jacket and one hat with the Augusta with the Augusta National Women's Amateur logo. That was kind of uh, that was one that was a tea prize for us, and so they had some designs we could pick. Um, but then I would have to say with regards of what I was going to get my family, um, I'd have to say we probably at least spent about 200. Yeah. I, like, and I can just, see that going quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I actually, I had a friend at school. He was actually going to actually watch the matches the next week. And he told me he had spent like 600 bucks. I was like, yeah, just, just bring whatever. I mean, they have everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anything anything that they can brand with Augusta National, they will. Now, did, now, did you get to go and, and shop in the actual pro shop there, like without the master's gear? Like, were you able to pick up stuff with, with the actual like Augusta National Golf Club logo? Or was it all like the ANWA logo on it? It was all Anwar Masters logo because that's like the big pro shop where it's like as big as like a like a golf store. Like we couldn't go into the mini, I think, pro shop where like the members always go into. Right. Yeah. Was there anything <laughs> else? Was there anything else off limit to you or, or did you girls kind of have the run of the place for the week or for the I mean, weekend, I guess? Yeah, I mean, pretty much, like, we were able to go into, like, the champions' locker room. So all the champions who have won, they have their own locker room space. And then um, we didn't get to go into 
the room where they announced the champion. I mean, Jennifer Cupcho got to go in there to do an interview after she won. But that would have been pretty cool to go into. And then, but just, I mean, on Friday, we could walk the course, play, well, we could, we, we would all play a practice round. And I mean, just walking over Ray's Creek and just seeing the course and then the next day, just playing it with, I think over 10,000 people watching was pretty cool. Maybe even more. Um, yeah, we, we pretty much got to see everything. We got to actually, we got to hit, where the pros actually hit the ball, like hit balls in the morning when they warm up and use the chipping green and putting greens that they use. So it was pretty cool. And there were actually a couple, I know like um, Bubba Watson was there um, earlier. He watched all of us tee off and like Jason Day, I think was practicing at one point. So some pros were already there watching. So they, they knew this event was going on and was going to come out and watch yeah. us. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome to have. I mean, first off, that many people out there. I mean, the tickets were almost as difficult to get as, you know, Masters practice round tickets. Did you happen to be, get to skip balls on 16 at all or anything of those traditions that, that the pros partake in? No, I was actually, I was thinking about it. But, I mean, I just, I was also just practicing a lot just because, I mean, I, I, I had to play that next, I had to play that, next day Saturday and I was pretty close to the lead so I was like if I can actually play really good because I have a good caddy and so we, we could have a chance to come back and win this thing um but like the group behind me were girls who missed the cut and or who were just out there having fun and I saw them skipping shots and I was like oh no we forgot to do that but <laughs> <laughs> but it's I mean it's pretty cool to watch like it would have been fun to try but I've tried skipping I've tried skipping shots before and I've failed really bad. So I don't know how that would have gone. I don't know how that would have been. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, even if you dunk one in the water there, I mean, it's like 16 of the gust. <laughs> it doesn't even matter, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so after that's done, you know, you, you won out on the cactus tour twice, correct? Uh, I've won three times out there. Yeah. Three times. That's right. My bad. My bad. Um, and then you go through Q School, which, you know, historically, and you mentioned before, is always kind of the toughest portion, I think, of, of anybody's uh, career. And, and, and this year in particular, you had some really high-profile LPGA players that were back at Q School. You know, off the top of my mind comes Christina Kim that had to go back to Q School again. What was it like competing not only against, you know, all these other great young women out there but also some of these tried and true pros that were coming back to q school it was pretty cool because i've actually when i played the a in 2015 as an amateur when i qualified the day that i was grinding really hard to make the cut on the number she was actually just practicing on the putting green and so when i came off i had happened to see her and she was really happy for me and we've been friends since kind of that time. And so, and like I had, like, I knew she was, I mean, she was such a good player. She was always able to keep her card. But then when I heard she lost it, like I knew she was going through a tough time. And so it was, it was great to see her and catch up with her as she's been in this predicament before. And um, just for her to get through again and for us to be traveling to the same places together and just seeing each other is going to be pretty cool because she's 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 
when my mom or my parents are in travel and with me, he's like, I'll be your mom on tour, so I'll take care of you. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's an awesome person to begin with. How how much of a help is that to have kind of a big sister, you know, mom figure for your first year on tour? It's pretty cool. And I mean, there's there's other girls out there. Like we had rookie orientation right before the first event in Florida. And basically right after that was done, we're assigned these little rookie pods. So it's a couple rookies and then we have a couple, we have one LPGA pro with us. And so I happen to have like Morgan Pressel and then like Catherine Kirk, Emma Talley. Those are other uh, veteran pros who are working with other rookies. But when I was like in Australia, I had a lot of them come up to me and be like, if you ever need anything or have questions, just let me know. I'm like, I've been in your predicament before. And it's hard as a rookie to start off just because if you're, you don't know how to travel or like you just, the traveling really is a lot on you. So if you need help, just let any of us know and we'd be glad to help. So it's pretty cool to have like good LPJ veterans out there who are willing to help us also. Yeah, well, I think what a lot of people don't realize is the LPGA Tour, I mean, there is the Symmetra Tour, obviously, um, but it's not as, um, uh, let's say, well-oiled as the Corn Ferry Tour. So when the guys make the jump from Corn Ferry to the PGA Tour, they're used to the travel. They, they're used to using PGA Travel uh, to help them out. And with you making the jump right from Q School, you kind of never really had uh, any of that experience, am I right, with, with the traveling week in, week out, and having to book hotels and, or Ubers or Airbnbs and stuff like that. Yeah, not really much. Um... I mean, because I've had, I have a couple college teammates who were on Symmetra last year, and they basically say that pretty much you just drive, you can just, they pretty much just either, most of them just kind of drive their car all the way to Florida, because that's where the first event is, and then they drive pretty much all the way back. I mean, there is two in California right after the Florida. Some of them fly back, and then they fly back down to Florida, and then they'll drive their car to the next one, because most of them, most of them are kind of on the East Coast, Midwest area. There's only like two on the West Coast. So all the girls who are on the West Coast, it's a lot harder for them because they pretty much have to kind of drive everywhere or find like a travel buddy. That way you can split. Like if you want to rent a car, you split, you, you split rental car. Or if you drive together, you split like the gas costs. And then even in private housing, you all stay together so you can travel to each event together and yeah, I've heard like it's I mean, I mean, they try to keep it. They try to keep them all pretty close from state to state. But sometimes you just have to figure out and you don't really get much breaks. So like sometimes I think there's one stretch you get like six weeks straight of golf. And so that's just a lot. And then you get like a two week break after that. But sometimes that can just be a lot of golf in one stretch. And you're just like, what do you do? Like, do you, some people just get tired of it? Where the LPJ, I mean, they do, you do have like four to five weeks in a row, but you all, but then you do get some weeks off. And I think with what's been going, what's going on right now, it's, I think it's, it's good in some ways just because you can definitely pretty much if they reschedule these six events, you know, you're going to have a longer season towards the end of the year. So you really, 
this is the time to kind of get healthy, get your whole body healthy and get fit that way. Cause you know, the season's going to be a little longer than when it was ending in November. It's going to pop, pop. It could go until December or whatever. So you need to make sure your body can last that long. Yeah. It's got to be a little bit, I guess, disheartening, you know, having your rookie year kind of uh, upended like this, almost a, a forced uh, midseason, offseason break, if you will. Uh, what are you doing during this time to kind of keep the game sharp and kind of keep yourself surrounded by golf? Yeah, I'm pretty much, I'm kind, I mean, I am, I'm doing a little golf maybe every day, but I'm just, I mean, uh, I'm actually, I'm trying to find, um, I've been getting, I've been, I've been searching kind of websites to do like in-home workouts just because the gym I go to is obviously closed because of all this. Um, but I'm just kind of just trying to stay fit and just, I mean, really just pretty, just kind of staying safe also. Like if I'm at my country club, like I, I hang out with people I know. So, I mean, they're always pretty healthy. So, I mean, if they're, if they're healthy, then we keep our distance and stuff. And our country club is being nice. We're like, we don't, they don't have any rakes out and they don't have the pins in. So they give you a pin sheet that way. Like no one has to keep touching the flags and stuff. And, um, but yeah, I think at this point, I'm just trying to, I mean, do play some golf just cause I mean, um, I mean, just being, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I would do with myself if I'm inside for like 14 straight days. I don't <laughs> know what I would do. Um, so, I mean, golf is just kind of the distraction away from all this going on. So, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a big open space too, you know, where yeah. it's easy to be that kind of six feet of social distancing away from people, uh, oh. but not, not seem rude. You know, like if, if we're playing and you're 20 feet away on the other side of the fair, we're like, I don't think anything of that, you know? Yeah. So one, oh, one of the things I, I want to know, um, has the LPGA communicated at all with you on even a, possible restart date because right now everything pga tour lpga corn ferry latino america everything till mid-may is is basically you know done i think the first one on your schedule becomes uh the pelican women's championship right mid-may may 14th yeah, May fourteenth to seventeenth. That's they saying that's basically the next. That's the next event that's going to happen, which is Florida. And then yeah, I mean they've already rescheduled the ANA, so that's that's a that's a very good sign. And I've been hearing that they are possibly thinking of postponing the Olympics until possibly a year. So if that does happen, um, that's a good two and a half weeks where i think the lpj could possibly put at least two events in that like if this is all over with which hopefully it is um and if it's they can maybe at least get two or maybe three events depending on if we have a break or not they could put two to three events in that section if the olympics do get postponed yeah, that's a great point, and that's yeah. something we're, we're recording. Uh, we're recording today on Monday, the twenty third, and this pod will be out a little bit later. But 
it was just announced overnight. Uh, Canada and Australia said, "Look, we're not we're not sending athletes," and more countries seem like they might follow suit. So for golf, anyway, at least for professional golf, that could be yeah. a, a godsend almost, and say, "Hey, I know we had to cancel five tournaments, but look, here's three weeks, and if you guys can." can shoehorn us in like we're good to go and and then you can almost have the semblance of a season that would be semi close to normal again yeah i mean well it's kind of crazy when i'm like i just got a notification like 12 minutes ago and it just said an ioc member says the olympics will be postponed so i mean they're probably confirming it right now but i mean that's now a good sign because now they can easily put some events in that category but it's just um the courses that we're supposed to host them like are they still available in because like if they would come to the like the founders cup which is in arizona i'm not sure if they would come here in july because it's pretty pretty (laughs) hot (laughs) yeah that's uh but i mean they they might have to mandate carts yeah i mean if but with the ANA being in September, it's going to be pretty hot out there still as well. So, I mean, it is, I mean, it's pretty much in the hands of the LPGA. I mean, I'm totally, um, it was pretty cool. Like a couple, um, the, the Thursday was when we got the announcement of the first three events. And so that next day, the Friday, I was leaving to go run an errand and I was I had I got this call from this number from Lake Forest, California. So I was like, okay, I don't know who it is. So I'll just let it ring. And it was a voicemail and it was from Commissioner Watt. And basically he reached out to the all the rookies basically saying how he like can't really sleep at night because he's worried more about us than the girls who are ranked like top ten, top twenty, top thirty, because they have like, they have other things to do, and, I mean, they have a good amount of money in them where they can spend where we, like, we're just getting started. We want to get out there and show ourselves and just kind of start earning some good money and playing with these girls. So that was pretty cool <laughs> to hear that message and stuff. And, I mean, he, I think he's a great guy. I'm hoping he's really working hard to get all these events back on our schedule and wants us to get out there and playing. So I'm I'm hoping he'll stick around for a while. <laughs> so over this last year of doing the pod, and I've been involved a little bit with the LPGA Tour even before I started the podcast, you know, I cannot find a single person that has a bad word to say about Mike. And the job that he's doing for the LPGA is just uh, astronomical. And so, you know, you saying that and him leaving that message does not surprise me at all. What's yeah. your relationship with him as a rookie? Does he communicate with with the, with the rookie girls often is it every once in a while there are like formal meetings he holds i mean every once in a while he'll send emails i mean he'll send emails to all of the lpga players um but i mean i this the voicemail that he left all the rookies i think that was the really i think that's the first and only thing he's done i think this year for the rookies just because he knows it's harder on them, it's harder on us. Just because this is our first year on tour, and I mean, it's we didn't really expect this was gonna happen, and it's just kind of crazy. What's just crazy? Like it's like, what do you do? 
um, with everything and just how can you handle it. But it's just, you, you got to be patient. Like, I just said, just be patient and we'll get out there sooner enough. And <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, one of the things that I think comes out of a situation like this is the fact that you become so much more appreciative of what you actually have. I mean, you know, obviously golf's important to you. It's also a job, but there's there's got to be some type of fun aspect that comes with it, too. And I, I think when it's time to get back out there, everyone's going to be so appreciative of the, you know, kind of relief for being back out on the course and back to normal, back to the routine. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be good. It's going to be, I think um, it'll be pretty competitive too because knowing that like all the rankings have been paused for now and now we'll have some of the rookies we have now until September to qualify to get into the ANA. So now we'll have a couple months, we'll have at least a couple months of tournaments instead of only having because if if all the if these tournaments would have been on, we would have had I would have had to had a good finish in both the founders and the Kia to have enough money to get into uh, the money that I've been earning to get into the A and A. And so now I'll have a couple more months, and so we can. I think it'll just kind of motivate us, like okay, now we have a really good chance to get into this um, major. And even into more majors like U.S. Opens and other ones, too. So I think it's just it'll be a big motivator for all of us. Yeah, for sure. Um, when you came out on tour this year, you made kind of a pretty big splash at the the Vic Open. Your first round ever was a 66, six under par. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? How amazing was that? Oh. <laughs> oh, it was it was seven under actually, but um, oh my! Well, hey, no that's, the LPGA tour website is wrong then. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it was a uh, it was a par seventy three. So um, um, yeah, it was pretty. I mean, I was pretty nervous just because I went all the way there by myself. Um, but I was staying with the great host family, and I had I had a great caddy. He had. He has a lot of experience. He's um he caddies for Brooks Kepka's little brother, Chase Kepka, a lot. So he has experience of caddying. So I knew I wasn't good hands. He was gonna um help me and he caddied he's I mean he's from Australia. he's originally from Australia, so he knows the courses and everything really well. So I was in pretty good hands and I mean I think it really helped with who I was paired with. The first two days I was actually paired with Cheyenne Woods. And um, Steph Nah, another really nice girl from Australia. And, I mean, they were both really nice. And so I think that kind of calmed me down just because these girls are just super nice. They're very chill. And they were just – they were ready to get started too. They were excited to be out there playing as well. Um, before we get you out of here, uh, I you know – the LPGA, the PGA Tour websites, they don't update them much. There's always a bunch of mistakes like we just found. That was interesting because they have it listed as a 66 and a par 72. What they also don't have is they never have any information in the bios. And if they do, it's such boring stuff like, you know, Haley started playing golf when she was five or stuff like that. And like, OK, well, I mean, I guess most professionals probably started younger in life, too. Um, if you had to fill out the LPGA bio sheet, 
what 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 would you have on there? What do you do in your downtime? What do you do like during tournament weeks to kind of relax when you're not on the court? Stuff like that. <laughs> um. So pray, during this downtime, kind of right now, I'm kind of doing a little more Netflix. I'm trying to find some shows that interest me, and I've been um I've kind of been going I've been going to a friend's house in Tucson this last weekend and they actually put on a couple shows and I watched a couple episodes and I kind of liked it so I might start there and just kind of I'll have to catch up to them and watch but yeah just kind of Netflix and then once I get back home to California I um trap like a big thing while traveling on the road is kind of cooking your own meals and I mean, I did do some cooking in college, but um, I can definitely show a lot more. So I would love to maybe do some of that during this off time. Just maybe if I if I have a later tea time in the afternoon, just maybe wake up early and make something to have later in the day or just help prep because like, my mom does most of the cooking as well. So I'll just help her prep for it. And then when I get home, then she can kind of do it or then I can help her once I get back so I think just trying to find some stuff to do and then prepping for a tournament week I would say I'm just I'm kind of just kind of more relaxed I I mean I do scroll through social media but anything that has to do with the tournament I kind of just really don't read much of it I kind of just let it go just because I mean it's I just I just kind of, because I have my own game plan going into the event. I don't need to look at all this stuff that says, like, oh, bad weather's coming. Will this change the their plans? Or, like, course is going to be set up different than past years. How is this going to affect the uh, um, past veterans who have played this event or new people coming to this event and watching it on TV? Um so yeah, I'm just kind of more mellow. I just kind of do my own thing, and then I just kind of get to the course and do my own routine practicing. And then when it, the first day of the tournament, I just stick to my normal routine in the morning of warm up, and then head out there and basically just go out there and do my best. And... All right. So I gotta ask you, what would be your your top meal that you that you make right now? Um... I have to say some tacos. I I mean, I love Mexican food. So if I can cook anything, like if I could, if I could have Mexican food the rest of my life, I would cook, like cook tacos or <laughs> burritos or fajitas. Like, I mean, that's my favorite cuisine. So. <laughs> All right. So what's, what's your handicap as a cook then? So like one to ten ranking ten good or sure yeah let's go ten good. Um, right now I'd probably say a six to a seven. My I can probably I got a little more about the spices and um yeah I think just kind of learn learning more about how to spice it up make it some more and just kind of get more flavors out of it because I'm not I'm not a fan of bland stuff i love to have some flavor in it and so yeah that makes perfect sense do you do you <laughs> like do you like spicy food like do you like it hot too not super spicy i'm kind of right. a wimp. <laughs> 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 um but i mean i do like some kick to it and then i do like 
like sweet and savory. So like barbecue chicken, I would like a like a sweet barbecue sauce or like a honey barbecue. Like I'm I pretty much like anything from sweet to mild to like mild spicy. Gotcha, gotcha. And then finally, <laughs> I've I've got to ask you, what do you what are you recommending on Netflix? What are you watching? Because there's a bunch, there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this, and they're stuck at home as well, and their golf courses are closed. Um, what what can you give them? What what are the Haley Moore recommendations for Netflix? So I, I I mean this this season is still going on today on TV. I like to watch um, Law and Order SVU. So. Um, kind of like crime and suspense um so i watch some up uh, some see i watch like the the seasons from i mean they're on season 21 and they're gonna have them season 22 so i mean i watch season one until now um and then i mean i do i have some all-time favorite movies out there like i loved all the disney movies back then so i'll just kind of watch those again but um, I heard a lot of people got into Breaking Bad, so I might start that one. My my wife will be very happy when she listens to this because she is an enormous SVU fan. Anytime I leave the room and I turn like sports <laughs> off or something, that is always on. Yeah. I'm like I like the crime suspenseful and then I watch I watch this one. It's only there's only one season and there were six episodes. It was it's called like Unbelievable and it was it's just it's a very crime and suspenseful series, kind of what SVU is based off of, um, and that was really good. So I, I could recommend that as well. Um, well, there you go. You've got uh, a. Yeah. That that's what your local LPGA tour pro is is watching during this off season. Uh, yeah. Haley, real quick before we head out, can you just let people know how to follow you, how to follow your journey once the tour starts back up again? Give them the social media handle so they know how to get in touch with you and kind of how to view your progress throughout the year. Yeah, so my my so my Instagram profile is um, Haley Moore fourteen, and I mean. My last post, I mean, I haven't posted in a while, um, but my last post was basically um, just about how I love playing in Australia. And, I mean, they've gone through so much. I mean, they had the fires beginning in January, and now they have this. Um, so their country has been through some pretty brutal stuff already, and I was very helpful. I mean, I love, like, the wildlife there. So I... Um, I actually, all the birdies I made, I, I gave some money to the foundations of that. And then um, Facebook, just my regular name, Haley Moore. And then Twitter. Um, I tweet a little bit, but I mostly kind of just put my post up from Instagram that I copy on. My Twitter is just Haley Moore underscore 20. And yeah, pretty much. I just, I mean, I do, I put up some stories on Instagram of me golfing or just some stuff, but I'll definitely try to do some, some more stuff during this little break now. <laughs> awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming back on. Um, you know, hopefully the year wraps up sometime in September, October or so, and we, we have you back on and we're chatting about your first LPGA tour win. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, Haley, thanks so much. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. It was great to talk to you all again. I'm looking forward to having some more in the future. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hey, what's good, podcast patrons? Dan from Leave the Pin here. Listen, if you want to look good on the course, if you want to hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it, Gas House Golf is the company you need to get on board with ASAP. Gas House Golf, newest apparel company out there, making you look fantastic. Look, the shirts are fire, the hats are fire, everything they do, everything they touch looks great on the course. You want to stand out, you want people to notice you, want people to notice your game, get to gashousegolf.com. And right now, not only are they offering free shipping, they're also giving you an amazing 15% off code. Use our code, leave the pin, get 15% off all your purchases at gashousegolf.com. All gas, no break, Gas House Golf.